and welcome back to another exciting episode of Science Snacks. It's me, your science liaison with a face designed for podcasting, Eric. For today's paper, we're examining the fraternal birth order, family size, and male homosexuality, a meta-analysis of studies spanning 25 years. This is from Archives of Sexual Behavior and was published in 2017 uh, by, I believe, Richard Blanchard. Uh, It's a very interesting study that uh, talks about something that is kind of difficult to get to. That is, what causes homosexuality um and it's something that even the paper brings up is a is a weird topic and one of the things that the paper gets to is exactly why that's a weird topic because in 1973 the american psychiatric association the apa uh, removed the diagnoses of homosexuality from the second edition of the diagnostics and statistical manual the dsm that's one of the things that you know you would use to be like oh this is what's wrong with a person and they wanted to depathologize or homosexuality that is to make it clear that it's not something that is diagnosable that like it's something wrong with you or anything like that and that's why it's kind of a weird topic because when you start talking about like what makes someone homosexual it becomes a a strange topic and one that we'll uh, talk what this paper talks about and then like kind of the the background of, of what I as a scientist kind of believe Um, So with that, I should kind of give up front. I identify as a heterosexual male. Like, this is something that, like, a dear friend of mine, my my closest friend, Dakota, who may one day be featured on the podcast, um, he deals with uh, because he uh, identifies as a gay man. And it's something that has been a, a topic that him and I have discussed pretty in depth. Uh, and so it's something that like I care about because it is something that readily affects his life and he's he's very dear to me so I would say that uh, we should probably get into this paper so this paper identified a total of uh, 26 different studies it's a meta-analysis that is it takes a whole bunch of different studies the data from those and tries to find consensus about what that data says so it looked at 26 different studies, totaling 7,140 homosexual and 12,837 heterosexual males. So 7,000 homosexual versus 12,000 heterosexual. Uh, The magnitude of this fraternal birth order effect was measured by a novel variable, the older brother's odd ratio. We'll get to talking about what all that means. Uh, So actually, let's go ahead and do that. So this effect has been well studied and well documented for the last 25 years. Uh, It was noted that if you had an older brother, your percent likelihood of being gay drastically increased. So if we say, okay, my my older brother has, you know, whatever a likelihood of being gay, uh, it was noted that your likelihood of of being gay, given that you had an older brother, increased by 33%. And if you had a younger brother, his likelihood 
increased even another 33%. So the more and more younger brothers that you have, the more likely that your youngest brother is going to be homosexual. Um, and, and this is a very well-studied and well-documented thing. I don't want you to come think and that I'm presenting you some, some weird and radical theory. This is something that like we don't necessarily know the cause of, but this paper examined it very in depth and not only confirmed that these these studies did their due diligence, but also that, you know, it is very strong and very likely. In fact, we do this uh, statistical analysis called a p-value. So you, you know, let's say that I flip a coin and on one side is heads and on one side is tails. Well, if I have a coin that gives me 50% heads and 50% tails all the time, that's a, that's a good coin, right? That's balanced. But if I have one that, let's say, out of 100 flips, it gave me 51 to 49, well, that's not a statistically significant enough difference. But if it starts giving me, let's say, 70 to 30, so 70 heads and 30 tails, well, I'd say something's wrong with that coin. And there's actually a way to measure that, and we do so using statistical analysis. And one of the things that we do is a p-value. So this p-value, the smaller it gets, the more likely that your outcome is non-random that when you're measuring something, it is non-random. And for most criteria that we examine in science, uh, let's say in psychology studies, you're looking at for a p-value of like 0.1, or some, some of them will say 0.05, and 0.05 is generally considered good enough for science. Uh, and most like chemistry and biochemistry and physics require at least a 0.05, usually somewhere around like a 0.01. The smaller you get, the more likely that the event that you're measuring isn't just random chance, but is instead like actual scientific data. So here we have a p-value of 0.00001. So very statistically likely to not just be random chance. <laughs> um, yeah, it is, it is very clear and concise that this likelihood exists. And then they wanted to examine uh, what else is being said by, by this. So what happens if you have like older sisters? Or what happens if, you know, you have someone who is, let's say, uh, let's say you have two older brothers and then you're born as a twin. Okay, so, so you and your twin are essentially th tied for third, but then you're split at birth. Maybe you're given up for adoption and maybe your twin is also given up for adoption. What happens is if your environment, that, that nurturing aspect, changes, does the nature define this fraternal birth order effect? Uh, that is, you know, will you be more likely to be gay? <laughs> Uh, it's it's pretty interesting stuff. This study also looked at uh, whether or not having individuals in your group or in your family uh, that were female uh, influenced it at all. And what they found was that overall family size does not matter. Uh, that that if you have like let's say a little sister or an older sister or something like that, she doesn't increase or decrease anyone's odds. 
what they also found was that if you split individuals um, at, at birth, uh, that individual is equally as likely as being gay. Even in when raised in other households with, let's say, no older brothers, or maybe where both were raised in households with no other older brothers. So what we find here is that it's not the fact that you have older brothers, like that you are interacting with and experiencing and, and having, having that connection with. So it's not growing up with older brothers that makes someone more likely to be gay. Um, or homosexual, we should say. Gay is, is part of a social identity. Um, but so, so someone who is biologically homosexual uh, will seemingly be that way because of biology uh, or some aspect of their genetics that are being influenced and not necessarily their environment. So... This study consisted of a variety of individuals everywhere from like, you know, people who have like great jobs and people who were convicted felons and people who, you know, were pedophiles and those who were not and those who were like government workers and those who were, you know, people who worked in blue collar traditional traditional jobs. Like it is a variety of individuals individuals that had a variety of different uh, identities and and there was no like one single group targeted throughout these uh, these 7,000 uh, homosexual individuals that were uh, examined. What we do find is that uh, seemingly this effect is is pretty universally biological, and there's several different mechanisms for why we think that might be, um, and and they get very in depth very quickly. But I'm going to tell you of one of them, one that I think is the one that has the most uh, possibility. And it's one that goes back to, if you've listened to it, our epigenetics and histones episode. Uh, so essentially, you can have DNA, and it can be the same DNA, but there is ways to repress or ways to express certain genes. There are things that can occur epigenetically uh, in utero. So that, that means like the mother is uh, experiencing certain things or the, the, the child is experiencing certain things in the uterus. Um, and so when you experience those, it can alter your DNA. Those things can play a pretty significant role. So one of the mechanisms that's proposed is that, okay, you have a, a woman who is pregnant and she is pregnant with a male. And that already means that she doesn't have something that's the same as her growing inside of her. She has something that's, that's different than her. It's going to need different genes expressed. It has a whole extra Y chromosome that she doesn't have. And so one of the mechanisms that's described is that perhaps 
uh, when the first child is, is born, there's an antibody response or a hormonal response afterwards. So the body was like, whoa, that was that was different. We should prepare for that next time. And so the body generates uh, antibodies in response to that testosterone that's being produced. Or maybe the uh, expression of certain genes that the body recognizes as different. Or maybe it starts to try to like overpower this this thing with its own hormones. So the idea of a a woman's body who remembers or, or a uterus that remembers having given birth to a male before and tries to fight those things uh, might express different uh, biological expressions. That is, like that person may be more likely to be interested sexually later on in life in males. Um, this is a mechanism that describes homosexuality as as being something that effeminizes the, uh, the, the male um, and makes them more likely to pursue masculine individuals. Um, it's worth noting that this paper is very good at talking about the subject in a, in a respectful light and that they even talk about individuals who, let's say, have traditionally masculine traits that maybe don't uh, express, you know, what we would describe as feminine qualities um, and instead are, are like acutely masculine. And this is still consistent with them. So there's another mechanism that they talk about well maybe it's a certain part of the brain and that part of the brain is iconically smaller in gay men um there there's strong statistics about that or should, sorry homosexual men that perhaps that's what's influencing it we don't know a mechanism we have suspicions of a mechanism but i mean it's still kind of up in the air all we can say is that we have this weird very strong correlation and this only works for men uh, with females it is not as clear it's actually a little bit murkier um, there's strong research that suggests that guys have maybe a, a stronger tendency to be either hard straight or hard homosexual um, whereas Females have a bit more fluidity, and that might be more of a societal thing. A mechanism for female uh, or, or you know homosexuality or bisexuality is less clear and seems to be more societally based, um, more of something that like has has more fluidity. But it's a hard topic to discuss, and I really like this paper because it discussed it in an intelligent and respectful light, and something that I hope I also brought to you today. It's also worth adding that this is only one part of the story, and even they say there's probably more reasons why someone might be gay. So yeah. But hey, that's enough for me, and hey, don't forget your safety glasses.